This is an RNZ podcast. Chris Hipkins' royal protocol breach, or Chippy's Slippy, as we heard News Hub calling it earlier, would have been the last thing on the Prime Minister's mind when he returned to Earth in London on Wednesday to find out that one of his ministers had defected to another political party. That story broke at about 8.30 on Tuesday night when Wena Harawera, who's Fakata Māori's Director of News and Current Affairs, or Tahuhu Kawepurongo, reported that the defection would be announced the following morning, and that kicked off a major late-night media scramble to stand up the story elsewhere. Hayden Donnell had a look at how that unfolded, a little untidily, in this week's Midweek Media Watch on nights here on RNZ National last Wednesday. If you missed it, it's on our page of the RNZ website, our section of the RNZ app, or you'll find it in our podcast feed. Well, as we now know, that when a Harawera scoop was quite correct, and while this was reported as something that no one saw coming initially, the same source, Fakata Māori's Te Ao Māori News, did report as long ago as 2020 that Te Pāti Māori might be courting Mika Whaitiri. Now, after Fakata Māori's initial report of her defection on Tuesday, other news websites reported that report, and RNZ led its news bulletin at 10pm that night like this. The Ikaroa Rāwhiti MP, Mika Whaitiri, is to resign from the Labour Party to instead stand for Te Pāti Māori. RNZ understands the Māori Party is planning an announcement near Hastings tomorrow morning. Shortly after, TVNZ got it into their late bulletin after 10.30pm. My news understands the 58-year-old is expected to announce the move tomorrow in Hastings. And News Hub Late on TV Channel 3 rustled up its political editor, Jenna Lynch, to talk about the political headache awaiting the presumably oblivious Prime Minister. It is one thing for an MP to go rogue, that is bad enough, but a minister is so much worse. And the Prime Minister possibly doesn't even know about this yet. He is currently in the air on the way to the other side of the world for the King's coronation. So he's going to get one heck of a fright when he lands in London if he's not been given a heads up or unless they have Wi-Fi on that plane. Also, in a rapidly written analysis for News Hub's website, Jenna Lynch then weighed up the chances of Mecca Faitari taking the Ikaroa Rafiti seat away from Labour in October. But it wasn't until 4am on Wednesday that News Talk ZB squeezed the story into its news bulletins. Though, unlike others, ZB did acknowledge where the story came from. Te Ao Māori News is reporting Cabinet Minister Mecca Faitari will resign from Labour and stand as a candidate for the Māori Party in the upcoming election. By breakfast time on Wednesday, the imminent defection was headline news everywhere, including iwi station Radio Watea, where Labour's Māori caucus co-leader Willie Jackson had an awkward and at times inaudible interview with his former colleague at the station, Dale Husband. Um, uh, uncomfortable for you to comment about because it hasn't been confirmed, or are you OK to have a yarn about it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where are you going? Huh? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, um, is it true? Uh, apparently, um, yeah. And soon after that, the party co-president John Tamahiri confirmed the defection with quotable comments about freeing Mecca Whaitari from enslavement and shackles imposed by Labour. And just seconds after that, TVNZ's One News Now website published the opinions of its political editor Jessica Much Mackay that this power move was not just a massive kick in the guts for Labour, it could also be, she said, handing the kingmaker sword to Te Pāti Māori after the election. Now the question of who she should represent in Parliament until then was also unclear, or whether this constituted waka jumping or not. And that was also much debated in the media that day and the next. 
But beyond that, a more pressing concern was almost entirely overlooked by the national media. Ikaroa Rafiti includes Hawke's Bay and East Coast communities who were hammered by Cyclone Gabriel, and Mecca Faitari was the Minister of Cyclone Recovery. Now, this was a job she had inherited from another Hawke's Bay-based minister, Stuart Nash, after he was kicked out of Cabinet barely a month earlier. And judging by the local paper, the day of her defection, they really need that representation. The front page of Hawke's Bay today said that the Horticulture Growers Task Force had requested $750 million to save the region's industry, but a month later it's yet to receive any response from the government. And the day after the defection of Mecca Whaitari, on Thursday, the paper's editorial said the loss of the Cyclone Recovery Minister was a further knock to recovery efforts. Hawke's Bay Today's news coverage then quoted Sarah Grant of Dartmoor as saying another change in that role felt chaotic and you wonder what's going to happen next, while a Rissington farmer called Daniel Absalom had told Hawke's Bay Today farmers had had good communications with Whaitiri and she was getting things done, and this, he said, is the worst possible timing for another change. Going into winter, they and others in the region will certainly be hoping that that will be a focus for the media, and the politicians alike, along with their wargaming of the upcoming election. In a special episode of Māori politics programme and podcast Mata, produced for RNZ and TVNZ by Aotearoa Media Collective, former Te Pāti Māori MP Marama Fox credited the current party president, John Tamahiri, for engineering this political switch. I think it's a master move by JT. The timing is perfect. The um, Prime Minister's overseas, um, they're within the six months to the election, so there'll be no need for a by-election. It needed to come now if it was going to come at all. But others urged Mika Whaitari to clarify who she actually represents now as an MP. And among them was RNZ's series and podcasts executive editor Tim Watkin, who wrote that Mika Whaitari needs to show respect to voters and the parliament she's sworn to serve by cleaning up what he called this constitutional cluster that Mecca Whaitari has created. And it turned out that this was the constitutional issue keeping Otago University's Andrew Geddes busy in the media this past week, rather than the status of our new head of state or the monarchy, as we were talking about earlier. So while Mecca Whaitari was urged for an explanation of her actions this week, how did the media do explaining what actually happened? There's two things. One... It's the MP's fault for the way she presented it. She presented it one way in her stand-up press conference, very definitively said she had quit her party and was going to now sit with the Māori party. But then it turned out she'd said something quite different to the speaker. So if there's any blame about confusion, I think it lies with the MP herself. So from that initial confused starting point, of course you're going to have, you know, an element of just trying to work out what's happening. And that takes time. And because the issues are somewhat complicated by a mixture of law and parliamentary procedure uh, and even the question of who gets to make the calls on these issues, that doesn't necessarily lend itself easily to, you know, a 30-second soundbite. You do have to, you know, work through it in detail. And my experience was when I was talking with journalists, they were trying to honestly find out what is going on here and we're trying to go beyond the simple has she acted in a good or bad manner mm. i mean that judgment to be made by the public that they can see what happened also there is i guess a sort of transparency issue here uh, which is also specific to this which is the nature of the mp's communication with the speaker some of which is effectively withheld um you know but clear public interest in 
people knowing about it, and the media, of course, want, want to reveal that. Well, it's cut and dry in one sense. Um, it will not be released by the Speaker because he said it will be, and there's no way you can force the Speaker to do it. She is completely free to release this and let the public see what she said and who she said it to and why she said it. Uh, that's on her. The only way she can be made to do so is by people continuing to ask her. Thank you, media. Please keep doing it. Jane Patterson, RNZ's political editor on Morning Report on Friday, uh, described what's happened here as effectively a guidebook now for wannabe defector MPs that uh, keep it under the radar and escape consequences. Do you think she's right about that? She is in one sense. Um, other MPs are now free to do what uh, Mika Whaiteri has done in terms of notifying the Speaker of their position and their future status. If they do it in the way she did, they can both be declared independent MPs and remain in Parliament. The one thing, however, that does still hang over it is that the political party that the MP used to represent, Labour and McAfeitery's case, do still have the power under the party-hopping law to force the MP out if they choose to use that power. Essentially, what we've devolved the rules of parliamentary membership into is whether the party who's been left wants to keep the MP there or not. It's their choice. Yeah, so uh, there was some reports about courting of MPs, the possibility that this might happen with hindsight. However, no one really saw it coming in politics or in the media, it seems. So in the short time media had to come to get to grips with this very complicated situation, you'd give the media a pass mark, would you, in explaining what had happened to the public? I think the media was as confused as all the constitutional experts who were talking about this. I mean, I was texting and uh, emailing with people trying to work out just what's going on. And look, if we spend our time thinking about this deeply and we were confused, you can't really ask the media to do any better than us. And we did our best together. If we confused people and led people astray, we apologise. A lot of it goes back to the MP and the way she represented what she'd done, uh, and she didn't do it honestly. Andrew Geddes, Otago University Professor of Law, for the second time in Media Watch this weekend.